Hello, and welcome to another episode of Intelligence for Your Life, the podcast. I'm Gib Gerard, all alone today, still in quarantine uh, because, yeah, because of this coronavirus. Uh, Tony March is our guest today. He's our special guest on the show. I recorded this interview prior to the outbreak, so we do not talk about everything that we talk about in terms of the uh, of this pandemic and, of course, the quarantine. But I do believe, and the reason why I'm, I'm playing this interview for you guys today, I do believe that it is relevant, that it is uh, poignant for all of us right now. The idea that Tony is going to talk about is the idea of paying it backwards, of finding ways when people help you out, of finding ways to help people out in the future that are in the situation that you are in that may be difficult right now. So that is the notion. I think it's poignant. I think it's something that we could all walk out of this quarantine with, which is why I am giving you guys this interview today. That's coming up in a minute. But first, I, or actually John, is going to tell you about our friends, uh, Rocket Mortgage from Quicken Loans, who are sponsoring today's show. So real fast, here is a word from John from our friends at Rocket Mortgage from Quicken Loans. Home today is so much more than it was yesterday. But at Rocket Mortgage, home is still all about you. During these challenging times, the top priority at Rocket Mortgage is the health and safety of the communities they serve. And one thing that will never change is their team's commitment to giving you the best mortgage experience possible. That's why if you need mortgage support, their team of experts is there to answer questions and offer solutions. They understand that hardships happen and they are here to help. Whether that means working with you to save money on your mortgage or finding a new way to navigate payments. If you have questions, the team at Rocket Mortgage has answers. They know how important your home is to you because you're important to them. If you need mortgage assistance, the home loan experts at Rocket Mortgage are available to help 24 hours a day, seven days a week. From their home to yours, the team at Rocket Mortgage is with you. Visit rocketmortgage.com slash Tesh to learn more. Call for cost information and conditions. Equal housing lender licensed in all 50 states. NMLSconsumeraccess.org number 3030. Special thanks to, once again, Rocket Mortgage from Quicken Loans. I uh, also want to remind you guys that John's book, Relentless, is available. We've been talking about it for months. Uh, you can click on the link in the show notes and get John's book. It is out. It is good. Uh, you could probably get it digitally again since the, um, since the physical copies are being throttled down by Amazon. They're not sending stuff as quickly as they used to because they are sending essential goods. So check that out. And without further ado, here is Tony March. Uh, with with the idea of paying it backwards. Tony March, author of the new book, Pay It Backward. Thank you so much for being a part of our show today. Thank you so much for having me. Now, you are, uh, you know, you, 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 you were an engineering degree from Howard. You've had a, an amazing career at this point in your life. But but you started out, uh, you started out in a, uh, let's say, in, in less than ideal circumstances and, and that, that have sort of led you to write this book. First and foremost, what does paying it backward mean uh, versus we've all heard paying it forward? And what does paying it backward mean? Paying it backwards is a memoir of my life. Uh, it starts off, if you draw a mountain, and at the bottom of the mountain on the left side is the poverty line. Mm -hmm. I grew up below the poverty line. Mm -hmm. um, I ate out of garbage cans behind restaurants. Um, grocery stores, neighbors' garbage. I was virtually hungry every day of my life. Mm. Um, I grew up in a home that without a loving mother. Uh, I can remember my mother maybe hugging me three times. I don't even know who my father is. Um, by the age of 17, I had moved 
six, uh, age of 16, I had moved 17 times, including staying in an orphanage home. Wow. Uh, I was sexually abused at seven. Uh, there were many, many hurdles at the early part of my life um, that literally set me into severe depression. Yeah. Um, but along the way uh, up the mountain, I had four amazing teachers. And I will always, till I die, talk about them because they're, they're responsible for me sitting here talking to you today. Miss Harris, Miss Allmiller, Miss West, and Miss Keys. I called them my hawks, H-A-W-K. Uh, they, they watched over me um, because I didn't receive love and affection at home. Right. I, I knew if I went to school, school and got an A on a test, I knew the teacher would give me this huge smile of affection, uh, pat me on the head, job well done. Uh, they were they were literally my surrogate mothers, uh, mm. my my role models, my inspiration. And one of the teachers told me that Tony, in order to break the poverty cycle, you have to get an education. Right. And those four amazing teachers spurred me on to. Um, an incredible, uh, to be a, an incredible student. Um, along the mountain I went on, they inspired me to go on to Howard University and get a Bachelor of Science Electrical Engineering. I then went to work with Jerome Motors as an engineer for 15 years. Uh, I obtained three U.S. patents while I was working there. In 1985, I got my first car dealership in Hartford, Connecticut. Uh, the dealership had lost money five years in a row before I bought it, mm-hmm. uh, but I quickly turned it around, and in three years, I bought my second dealership. Two more years, I bought my third dealership, and in 1985, I formed an automobile company with, with my partner, Ernest Hodge, and in 2008, uh, we owned and operated 21 car dealerships in seven states. Wow. Um, so that's me. That's my climb up to what I call the top of the mountain. Mm-hmm. But when I got to the top of the mountain, instead of looking over the mountain and I like to say, I'm buy a Lamborghini or go buy a yacht or buy that ski place in Aspen. Right. Uh, I decided to turn around, turn around and look back down the mountain and spend the rest of my life running my foundation, which I run now, which I travel the world visiting homeless shelters. I visit uh, a lot of schools across the country, just paying it backwards, trying to talk to the people at the bottom of the mountain to make them understand that's just your beginning. Mm. I try to try to set my example of uh, most people at the bottom of the mountain didn't even have it as bad as I had it. So no matter how bad you have it at the bottom of the mountain, that's just your beginning. That's not your end. Mm. And you can get to the top of the mountain if, if, if you want to. There are a lot of people out there that want to help you and support you. Uh, you just have to be willing to do the work. But right. the second reason why I wrote the book is for the people that are at the top of the mountain to realize that, you know, God has blessed you with uh, a lot of wealth, uh, great job, great position in life. That is all of our responsibility to look back down the mountain and pay it backwards, pay it backwards back down the mountain to try to help pull someone up at the bottom of the mountain so they can stand next to us. That's what the book is all about. I mean, it sounds like to me like what that you want to be in someone else's life with what your hawks were for you. 
Absolutely. Uh, I, I, want, um, I, I do a lot of talking. Uh, I'm, I'm meeting with a thousand teachers in a, in a couple of weeks. <clears throat> uh, they literally bought a thousand books to hand out to the teachers. I, I want those teachers to realize that there's a Tony March in your class right now. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You, you don't know that he's hungry every day. You don't even know about his mother and father. You don't even know all the hardships that kid is going through. Right. But you have to realize you might be that one person that says those magical words to that one kid that would inspire them to be a success. Right. Is there? Um, I, I want to go back to something you talked about where you were, you were talking about the uh, about living below the poverty line and the amount of stress and depression that that caused. And I feel like so many of us treat poverty as a financial status. But what I've heard and what I'm what I'm gleaning from what you're saying right now is that it's it's so much more than that in terms of what it does mentally uh, to people. Can you uh, can you provide maybe some insight into into what uh, what living below the poverty line does uh, that we would maybe not expect? I think the most misunderstood concept is you see a person standing on the corner asking you for a dollar. Mm-hmm. The most misunderstood concept is that person wants to be there. Mm-hmm. Um, I, 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 this year alone, I've traveled over 70,000 miles. I've been in five countries visiting homeless shelters throughout the world. I, I don't just do homeless shelters in the U.S. I'm, I'm worldwide uh, with my travels for homeless shelters. Yeah. Uh, a lot of people don't realize 40% of the people we serve at homeless shelters are suffering from some kind of mental issue, uh, uh, depression, uh, depression sets in because you, you know, I didn't have a mother that even looked at one of my report cards and I wish I could show you every one of my report cards is straight A's except for English, which was my weak subject. Mm. Uh, um, so and you've written a you book, this, so that's, you know, that's, mm-hmm. <laughs> you yeah. overcame that in some way. So it's, it's the feeling of not being loved not being appreciated mm-hmm. sets people into uh there's a, 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 a i don't want to get into being a therapist there are a lot of reasons that sets people into into depression um the one of the other people i want to inspire with this book i i i'm telling my story of depression simply because i want to inspire those with depression to understand right. there's a way out mm. uh, depression is like in a cylinder and your hands are on the side of the cylinder and somebody is pouring oil down the sides of the cylinder and you just keep slipping and slipping. You know you need to get out to the top, but you can't. Mm. Um, I, you know, I had my four teachers and other people in my life to literally reach down in that cylinder and help me, try to help me pull me up out of depression. So I, I talk a lot about depression because I want to inspire those that are oppressed also that look at my story. You don't have to let it uh, run your life. Yeah. Uh, for those of us that aren't teachers, because it sounds like for you, the impact was with was with these teachers, and I think that's great. And I love that you are trying to inspire teachers to see the consequences of poverty that we don't normally see, and to and to be to be to the next generation of kids what you what you needed. But for those of us that aren't teachers, how can we? begin uh to to deal with this to to help kids who are you the the tony marches of the world these kids that are motivated 
and but uh, unloved and and are suffering from the mental consequences of, dep- of depression, how can we reach out to people? Maybe and maybe it's not kids. Maybe it's anybody. What 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 is something that we can do, even as non teachers, for people that are suffering in this way? Well, each and every one of us, no matter what we do for a living. Mm can be a role model for someone that is interested in our field. You know, sometimes we get so busy trying to get promoted right. that we work all the hours, you know, we we don't realize that why can't I take two hours a week and shepherd someone that wants to get in communication? It's it's Volunteering, I always say, doesn't cost a dime. People always say, oh, yeah, you run a foundation and you've been successful. You could afford to give back. Mm -hmm. No, it doesn't cost a dollar to volunteer your time. It doesn't cost a dollar to be a role model to a kid. There are boys and girls clubs with kids that are just dying to have you just take them to the park for two hours a day. Mm-hmm. Once a week, you follow what I'm saying? Yeah. You don't realize how much of a role model you can play just giving up some of your time to reach back to any individual and pick one that's in the field you're in because you know that field, so you feel comfortable with sharing it, and shepherd someone along to try to get to the top of the mountain where you are in your field. Right. I mean, and, and I think, too, it, it's, it can be inspiring to people who maybe don't know what, the, uh, what that first step needs to look like, what the, you know, how, to, how to even get started. Uh, and I think one of the things when you don't have role models in your life, like you, like you were talking about, you not having at home, is that you don't even know where that first step is. You don't even know how to begin to break into the thing that you want to do. And, and that, can be, that can be so disheartening. You mentioned that you learned some lessons on your on your rise um, uh, from you know about about your depression, but also just in in how these teachers poured into you. What is uh, are there any universal truths that you? In, in, I mean, it's it's obviously it's incredibly unlikely to get into a competitive engineering program from from uh, from poverty. So, what did you learn about yourself, or what did you? What are some universal truths that you learned in that process that? that we could all use to overcome what I would assume are smaller mountains in our lives? Um, you have to do the work. Um, you, you have to find it in yourself to figure out what you want to do, but then you've got to take the next step. Um, if someone went to call you and um, say, hey, can you mentor me? Well, you don't even know they exist. Sometimes you have to take that step to reach out. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I, I was I was fortunate that uh, my science teachers got me into science fair projects. Right. That was sort of like the thing that told me I wanted to be an engineer. You know, that's when the light really went on. I think in seventh grade, I started uh, science fair projects uh, and, and went on. And actually, my senior year in high school, uh, there were 250,000 students in the state of Florida did science fair projects, and my project was one of the top 10 in the state. Wow, so, wow. Uh, Do you remember what it was? was? Do you remember what it was? Oh, uh, you ready? Yeah. My chemistry teacher, Miss Allmiller, one of my hawks, she laughed when I told her what I would. She said, you selected your title? I said, yes, Miss Allmiller. And when I told her, she said, oh, my goodness, Tony, that sounds like a college thesis. You ready? <laughs> yeah, I'm ready. The semi 
micro determination of carbon and hydrogen in organic material. Okay. The, that was the title of my project. What? Basically, I would take an organic material, I would burn it. I had a, a series of filters that I would weigh before I burned it and after I burned it. And those filters through a calculation would tell me how much carbon and hydrogen was in that particular object. Wow. I did that in high school. That's impressive. Yeah. I mean, and, and, and I'm assuming, again, that you probably would not have gotten to a place where you wanted to do that without, without your hawks. Uh, um, the hawks were everything. Miss mm. uh, O'Miller would drive me around to, she would buy all my supplies. I mean, uh, when I had to get to Jacksonville for the state competition, she arranged my transportation. I mean, I wouldn't, I wouldn't even went to the state finals, and I and I won if Miss O'Miller didn't get me there. I, right. I was poor. I didn't have money for food. I, right. I surely didn't have a way to get from Daytona right. to Jacksonville. So it's it. The Hawks are, were just. I, I probably talked too much about them, but they are the, my inspiration. They're the reason why I made it to the top of the mountain. Well, I mean, and too, they're 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 the reason that you wrote this book. I mean, that they were they were paying you in a way that, that I mean, you don't know. Maybe I, I, maybe you do know, but they, it seems like maybe they had a history and and they were paying backward the same way that you're inspiring people to do right now. You know, I think I think we may all we all forget that. Once, if we've, when we, I don't know, for me, anyway, any mountains that I've climbed, I sometimes forget that there are people that are climbing some of the same mountains that, um, that I, and this is inspiring me to reach back and, and do that. Um, I, and I have nowhere near the mountains that you have. So you right. have, you have this, like, this ambitious notion of, of reaching back, and you've, you have this foundation, and you've written this book. What is the number one lesson that you want people to take away from, from reading uh, Pay It Backwards? And, and, and and for them to why did you in other words why did you write it what do you want them to walk away with i want them to walk away at the end of the day after you finish reading my book the people at the bottom of the mountain i want them to realize that wow this guy did it why mm. can't i do it mm. and the people at the top of the mountain i want them to feel Wow. You know, I thought I was doing something by writing a hundred dollar check to the cancer fund. You know what I mean? Uh, I need to step up what I'm doing and try to, you know, I probably want to accomplish what Tony's accomplished with. But, you know, I need to step up and improve what I'm doing to help. And I I can't emphasize mine just happens to be homeless shelters. And, and schools. I'm in school three schools this week. Mm-hmm. Uh, tomorrow I'll be in three separate uh, schools in the state of Connecticut. Um, th- that's my passion because I'm there to talk to the kids. In, uh, and by, by the way, I, I speak mainly to Title I schools, uh, which are the uh, lower economic schools in the country. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm speaking to the people in classes that I used to sit in to uh, those kids. Right. But right. mine just happens to be homeless shelter because uh, obviously if you hear my story, you see right. why my passion is for homeless shelters. For sure. And the second is education because that's what helped me break the poverty cycle. Mm-hmm. But go out and pick your passion. Don't pick Tony's homeless shelters or schools. There's something that you have a deep passion for. And the more your passion is for that item, the more you're willing to give up your time, your money, your resources to help that cause. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
And and I and I, I hear you say like too again uh, the way that you're you're giving back on your uh, is is to the story that you led, and I love mm-hmm. that. Um, let me uh, let me. I know your time is very valuable, and I know that you have to go. Um, and I, I just appreciate it so much. I'm going to ask you two things. One uh, is the is something I ask to everybody that's on the show, and that is, what can people start doing today to live their lives a whole lot better? The one thing that anyone can do today to start living their life a whole lot better is try to help someone make their life better. Mm. There. I can't tell you, I fall into depression, and I tell this story probably a thousand times. It is just something amazing about there. I walk up to the steps to a metropolitan managed kitchen to volunteer. Mm-hmm. It's like my whole world disappears. Mm-hmm. When you volunteer, when you finish, you're going to feel like you did something to give right. back to society. Right. It is all of our responsibilities to make this a better world to live in. Mm. Amen. Amen. And, I, and, you know, we've talked on the show so much about the inherent benefits of, of volunteering and of living outside yourself and how that, how that benefits you in a physiological way. So it's just, um, you know, kudos to you for, for acknowledging that and for, and for doing this book to promote it. Uh, what, uh, if people want to follow up with you, what is the number one way they can do that? All they have to do is go to the website, payingitbackwards.love. Link Paying it to, backwards dot love. I uh, link to the website payitbackwards.love in the in the show notes as well as to where you can buy the book. Uh, right. and, as soon as you open the website, you the order the book is right the first thing you see. Yeah. And there's tabs across the top where you can go and see all the things we're doing across the world. Fantastic. Uh, I, I again I appreciate your time. And there's I, a link, by the way, where you can email us and contact us. So if you have more questions for Tony that I didn't have time to ask, even though I would love to spend all day talking to you about your story and about overcoming obstacles in our lives, because, uh, again, you know, maybe you don't have the same obstacles that Tony had, but uh, to know that he was able to, to come up the way that he did or to know that there are people that need your help at the same time can be very inspiring to you. So I just appreciate your time and you can follow up with Tony on all of those places. And I know I know you have to go, but I just want to thank you again so much for being with us today. Thank you so much for having me. I really enjoyed it. That's it for our show today. Link to where you can find Tony in the show notes. Thank you guys so much for listening. If you like the show, please rate, comment, and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts. It makes a big difference. Also, if you like this show, share it with a friend. Maybe somebody went through something similar. They need to hear about it. Go ahead and share it with them. It makes a big difference on our bottom line. We really appreciate that. If you want to follow up with John, facebook.com slash John Tesh. We have been going live there a bunch during quarantine, so check that out. You can see us doing workouts, having conversations with the audience. Please go ahead and check that out. John's also on Twitter, at John Tesh, on Instagram, at John Tesh underscore IFYL. I am Gib Gerard. You can find me uh, at Facebook.com slash Gib Gerard, at Gib Gerard on Instagram and Twitter. Links again to all that stuff in the show notes so you don't miss a thing. Uh, I try to respond to every mention, every DM. If you want to talk about the show, if there's somebody that you would like me to have on the show, you let me know because I do this show for you. So once again, thank you guys so much for listening.